0: With us live via telephone is Rabbi Moshe Don Kestenbaum. The book is called Olam Hamidos. A big thank you to our friends at ArtsGirl. By the way, a big thank you to Rabbi Kestenbaum because he made a tremendous effort. Not all authors do this, I'm, I'm sad to reveal. I'm happy to say he made a tremendous effort to travel two hours this morning in order to be in our studio and conduct this conversation uh, live in person in our studio, which of course uh, we always prefer And in this case, I think would have been uh, well worth it. Uh, But you know how it is, folks. Not everybody controls conditions or traffic or situations. Only the one above does that. (laughs) Um, To whatever extent, we don't. And uh, therefore, um, I've asked Rabbi Kestenbaum to pull to the side of the road. We'll conduct this conversation by phone. He, of course, is invited back at his first opportunity when it is convenient for him to be in Lower Manhattan and when he doesn't have to, uh, Dafka travel a couple of hours to be with us on a uh, broadcast morning. Rabbi Moshe Don Kestenbaum, welcome, a good yard to you, and welcome to JM and the AM. A good yard. Thank you so much for having me. A pleasure. You know, I said to you off the air, you expect a lot from human beings because in your book, Olam Hamidos, A Guide to Understanding Ourselves and Refining Our Character, you basically go through every possible human trait there is that needs work, that always can use improvement, and I would assume that when I asked the question of authors why you wrote the book, that that would be one of the reasons you wrote it.
1: Yeah, and I appreciate you saying, going through all the character traits, because someone asked me, um, you know, when I'm going to write a book about other character traits, uh, part two, <laughs> and I was trying to think, I was trying to think to myself, you know, what things, you know, I didn't cover everything, but what did I miss exactly that you had in mind? But I appreciate you realize the comprehensiveness of the of the work for Hashem. Yeah,
0: there's there's a there's a lot covered. All right, let let me get started and dive right in because there's so many questions I want to ask. You have a section toward the beginning of the book, and I think this is so apropos for this time of year, as as really obviously most of the book is. We all try to perfect ourselves as much as possible uh, during these ten days. Um. It starts with the words free will means no excuses. And this is something of course, that you know all human beings, but certainly those who believe, uh, always contend with you know the issue of free will. do we really have the choice to do what we wish as opposed to something being predestined or God supervising us to the point where he would, quote unquote, control what we do? And you and you make it very clear, free will means no excuses. And this time of year when we might be apt to blame others, including the one above, for our own behavior. I think it's an important message to keep in mind.
1: That's definitely true. And I also think, you know, I hope the book is written in a positive, meant to be in a positive way, that the fact that we have free will and we don't have excuses really also testifies to our greatness of what we're able to accomplish. When people feel that nothing is their fault and they're not capable, they end up you know, locking themselves in into a very... You no, know, small-minded life.
0: No question about it. And that can be a very uh, uh, degrading and difficult experience when one approaches it that way. And I guess that that's why when we emphasize the chesed that's being done in our community, when we emphasize the incredible amount of Torah study that's happening in our community, uh, what, what you're saying is, is you know, it, it's, there's a good reason to be very positive about that. We have the choice to behave in the manner with which we, you know, would like to, or that we'd like to, and look what we've chosen. We've chosen both individually and communally to concentrate on some very important uh, aspects.
1: You know, you've touched on something very important that's meaningful to me, that a lot of people are speaking about the terrible generation, the terrible times we live in. Um, I think we need to highlight the incredible greatness of Klael Yisrael, that despite the generation, despite the times, despite... The challenges of technology, the amount of learning Tyra, the amount of chesed, the amount of growth that's taking place in this generation is just breathtaking. It's just uh, there's
0: so much good and so much greatness and quality, so we have to appreciate. And 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 it's those midos that you uh, that, that go into that uh, that we we all should be proud of. Uh, on both an individual and communal level, right? Moshe Don Kestenbaum is with us. Olam Hamidos is an Arts Girls series selection, a guide to understanding ourselves and refining our character. Uh, Why is it so difficult for one to take responsibility for his or her actions, especially this time of year? And if you want to be positive, and it sounds like you really do want to be positive, how can we turn what normally is a scary Difficult and very, and what seems to be really challenging challenge of improving ourselves this time of year, and and make it into a very positive experience.
1: So let me answer with a, a parable. Um, imagine if Chaim Kanievsky called me up and said, "Moshe Dan Kestenbaum, I was looking through your Olam Amidos, even in the English version, and I have I have some problems I want to point out with you to you." You know, in the section on jealousy, I, I don't like something you wrote, I don't think you learned the chazal right. In the section on, on gura, on courage, I don't think you, you said this right. As he's talking and criticizing what I'm what I've written, I'm like thinking to myself, more, tell me more. Wow, you actually read my you actually read my book, you actually read my say for you and you even value my opinion that you wanna correct, you know, what you think is wrong. I think that when we focus on our sins at this time of year, instead of thinking just, oh, I've done this wrong, I've done that wrong, we have to realize that HaKadosh Barucho actually cares, that it makes a difference that I did something wrong. If I wasn't so important, I wouldn't have to come and confess in front of Hashem. The fact that we have to look and and confess in front of Hashem really testifies how special every person is, every Jew is, that it's important to, to rectify our sins, to confess our sins. It's an incredible testimony to our greatness.
0: Um, I, I think that, that one could say, Kaviachal, that he also appreciates and has nachas from the experience. He enjoys when he sees us trying to improve ourselves. He en- in, in every area, not just in those, but in every area of life, and especially this time of year, because we know how special this time of year is and how it's designated. And I think we could say that, that one, of the, one of the joys that, that the one above has is, is seeing us go through this experience and, and having this desire to perfect ourselves as much as possible.
1: A hundred percent. hundred percent. And we also should keep in mind that the, in a marriage, if the husband is continuously apologizing but keeps on doing the same thing wrong, that apology, you know, doesn't is not worth all that much. Right. And the whole goal of, of Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur is not just to apologize. The goal is is improving our relationship. Hashem wants, like you're saying, Hashem wants the closeness that we should have with Him. And apologizing is just a means to get closer and repair the relationship.
0: Olam Hamidos is the name of the book, right? Moshe Don Kestenbaum is with us. Why is self worth so important, especially? If you look in Jewish history, um the you know older generations did not always preach self-worth to the next generation. I'm trying to be as delicate as possible when I say that. Why today do we recognize and why do you write about how important recognizing our self-worth, our self-esteem is?
1: That's an excellent question i would I would like to suggest that probably. There was a natural feeling of self-worth that earlier times had. We see in America the way the non-Jewish people would dress. My Rebbe Revper, he he said over that in the 40s, he was going on a a city bus, and the lady in front of him was wearing pants. And the bus driver didn't let the lady on because she was coming on with pants. And Revper's mother said, a nerve of the woman to think she'll go on the bus with pants. That, that was America in the 40s, that women weren't, weren't supposed to wear pants on the city bus. So there was a natural, I think, self-respect that people had, a dignity people had. And with the advent of technology and, and everything, you know, the immorality, there, there's been a big, you know, hit at our self-worth. And maybe they didn't have to preach it because it was just part of their nature. It was part of the culture. But now... Because our self-worth has taken a big hit, we need to focus on it. We need to build ourselves. We need to build our children. We need to build our our students. It's one of the most important topics to me that there is.
0: You know, the other day I'm watching a city council hearing. Why? Because I'm one of those crazy people that actually is interested in watching, you know, the the machinations of of government. And the person who's testifying is dressed, you know, in in sweatpants and a T-shirt. And I'm saying to myself, the nerve to walk into a house of government, right, New York City Hall, to walk into a house looking like this, you know, don't you want to at least project an image that you take this seriously, that you take this, you know, to a different level? But you're saying it's not just that, it's not just having the respect for the place that you're in, it's also having the respect for yourself, your own self-worth, that if you're going to, you know, to undertake something that's important to you, you have to look the part.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And we find in Khazal, the big dekuna, the clothing the Kohanim would wear, there is is an importance of dressing well, dressing nicely for our own dignity.
0: You know, in that section, by the way, on self-esteem, you write about the President of the United States. Uh, You write that, you know, the President of the United States is basically known as the most important person in the world. Why? Because any action that he takes, you know, could in fact have a tremendous effect on literally the entire globe. And you, and you write that that sometimes we need to have the same type of attitude that what we're about to do or we've undertaken could really swing things in a in a drastic direction. Would that be the right way of putting it?
1: A hundred percent. We're speaking about Yom Kippur Achit Fanaka. We have to realize that our our sins make a difference, but it's not only that our sins make a difference. If, if our sins make a difference, that means our mitzvahs make a tremendous difference in the world. Every mitzvah creates a, a positive malef, a positive angel. Every, every good thing that we do accomplishes so much. I believe probably one of the main reasons why we don't accomplish with our lives the way we could is we just don't understand what we're capable of. We don't understand the value of every action that we're doing, and therefore we shortchange ourselves.
0: Are you in the world of Chinuch up in Waterbury?
1: So uh, I'm not in Waterbury anymore. I was in Waterbury for 19 years. Wow. Um, I am. I am now mashkiach uh, in a new based medicine program by Hechalat Torah and Tinek. The reason and, I, the reason
0: uh, the reason I ask is because you have a brilliant section in the book Olam Hamidos about um, the power of praise. And I think very often, both teachers slash rabbayim and parents do not understand the importance of praising their students and children as much as possible. And when you think about it, one of the things we are constantly doing, to, literally to God, Kavi is praising Him and also accepting and hoping that He would, you know, praise us and be, have a positive attitude toward us in return. Could you speak for a moment about? How vital it is for parents and educators to understand this message.
1: Such a wonderful point you're making about praising Hashem. It's it's so important to compliment. How good do we feel? Just think about how good we feel yep. when someone gives us a compliment. Yep. I speak to educators. I tell them, "What do you remember from your, you know, third grade rebellion, Your third grade teachers. Which teacher do you remember? The teacher that taught you the." in the best way possible it gave you the best education of the teacher that made you feel good the teacher that gave you a little bit of warmth we don't it's the most important thing in chinuch, to me is giving a child the good feelings of warmth and as a rebbe you know especially when i was teaching um youngsters instead of calling parents with a negative report i would i would rush to call parents with a positive report mm. positive <laughs> positive positive feedback build people. Even adults, we could be 30, 40, 50, 60, 80, 100 years old. We're still craving to hear a kind word from somebody. And when someone tells you you're doing such a good job, what happens? We want to do more. And when we tell our children, we praise them for the good things that they're doing, sincere compliments, not just fake compliments. We really point out their milos, what they're doing right. When when teachers praise their, their students, children are just encouraged to just keep on doing better and more and more.
0: And you write about the uh, the combination of love and discipline, which good parents out there or aware, I should say parents who are aware, understand. You write about the uh, the concept of just pouring, you know, love onto your children, which again, Parents who have their eyes open, I think know exactly what you mean. And when you write about honoring your child, I don't think you're saying it in the negative way that some people have presented recently that you know children control the family and unfortunately, in many cases, you know really you know control the parents. Uh, that's not the way it should be. I think you're saying it in a way that you can be a disciplinarian. You could be a leader of a family, you could be a parent of a child, and nonetheless still have the respect for a child that they need in order to become really productive, positive people.
1: Uh, 100%. When we're we're disciplining other people or even a boss running a company, there's a way to talk to people. You could talk to people in a calm way, in a respectful way, or you could talk to people in a demeaning fashion. And people forget that when it comes to their own children, there's no less of an obligation of being sensitive to their feelings and how and how to talk to them. If you notice, there's a pastor that says a Yaakov Inu says to his brothers, let us gather the stones. He uses expression brothers. Right. And perhaps there's a me- message that when you're, when you're asking your children to help, when you're asking your kids to do things, you could do it in a way that you're talking down to them, or you could do it in a way that includes them and builds them up.
0: And by the way, that formula, you would argue because you write about it in chapter seven of your book, uh, includes the teacher-student relationship and certainly includes the espousal uh, relationship that one has with their own spouse. It is, it is that same honor and respect and love that goes a tremendous way and, um, uh, and goes a very long way and, and really is the most important part of those relationships.
1: Yeah, I'm happy you brought a marriage because to me that's one of the most important pieces of the of the safer of the book that runs through is that people want to change the world and people want to accomplish many things, but it starts by how you treat your spouse, how you treat your family, and the real place to work on your misos and work on your character is by how you treat your family, and that's what's most dear to our in the privacy of your own home. How are you talking to your spouse? How are you talking to your children? That's where we need to put on our most effort and our most work. And that's really what builds the character of a person. And if a person builds in his own home, Hashem will help him be able to build and accomplish outside of his home.
0: Rabbi Moshe Don Kestemam is with us. Olam Hamidos, brand new from Art Scroll, a guide to understanding ourselves and refining our character. I think it's an amazing uh, Musr Safer. You, you, know, you know which two things you spend a lot of time on, <laughs> and, and I think that, I think you'd agree that as we try to repair ourselves this time of year, and obviously it's for all year round, but you get my point, uh, this time of year, th- there are a lot of little things that, that need to be done in a lot of areas, many of which we've already discussed this morning, that need correcting, that need examining. But you spend a lot of time talking about anger and a lot of time talking about happiness. And I thought that's interesting because we know how dangerous anger is and we know how important happiness is. Not that the two are opposites, but it's interesting that those two midos take up so much of what you've written about and really need a lot of our attention this time of year.
1: Definitely true. Anger is a very dangerous uh, trait. We could really, most of the things that we do that hurt other people it comes out of anger when we lose, lose control of ourselves. And as well, happiness is so important. Happiness is energy for us to accomplish, for us to, to help other people, to encourage other people, to make other people happy is a tremendous mitzvah as well. If we're not happy ourselves, we're not going to be able to make our families and others happy.
0: I don't remember who said it, but there was a um, somebody <laughs> in the annals of Jewish history, one of the Torah giants, pointed out that, how we behave or the, or the happiness or lack thereof that we exhibit on our faces in public is actually a requirement. Uh, one is required to have a happy continence because our face, so to speak, is in Rishus Harabim, is in the public domain, and we have an obligation to make sure that people you know, see us uh, and that they get the feeling of happiness from us. And I think, that an impo- I think that's an important thing to keep in mind. We're not always happy. Many of us, you know, many of us go through situations that can can make us depressed and sad, and nonetheless, we have an obligation to to project as much happiness as possible.
1: You always sound happy, now. <laughs>
0: well, I try. You know why? Because I try. I try to live by that dictum of making sure to sound happy when I'm in public. Uh, but in all seriousness, it's a it's a very, very difficult thing to do, and a lot of that's why I said to you. That you know you deal with anger, and I think it's obvious to people why anger is so dangerous and why it's such an important trait to work on. Most people don't realize that happiness is also a trait to work on, and one that could be you know so beneficial uh, both to the human being, but also to their family and to those around them. So it's an important. People
1: look at ha- people look at happiness as like a re- like a natural response. If things are good, I'll be happy. If things are not so good, I won't be happy. Right. Really- Really it's in our really it's in our control. Like today I was stuck in traffic and it, you know, I wanted to be there and trying to accept this is meant to be, this is what's best, you know, this is what Hashem has in mind. It it makes a tremendous difference in our lives when we try to be positive, try to have a moon and Hashem. It really saves saves us.
0: Rabbi Kestenbaum, when will we know why in fact the one above did not want you to be here live in person this morning? When will that be revealed to us?
1: maybe maybe i do better on the phone i don't
0: know (laughs) you know sometimes and i I don't have to tell you this but it's 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 fun to point out sometimes you know within an hour from now something will happen and you'll say wow thank god i ended up being where i was because you know otherwise if if i would have visited nachom this morning in the end i would never been able to you know do x y or z so you never know you may have an answer by later today I'll have to call you back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you better let me know. We definitely deserve that. Olam Hamidos is another brand-new, brilliant work from our friends at Artscroll. It's a guide to understanding ourselves and refining our our character. Moshe Don Kestenbaum is the author. We recommend you go to artscroll.com and check it out. And by Kestenbaum, obviously we're recommending people read this this week all the way until uh, Yom Kippur because uh, it will really help people as we focus on the different things that we've discussed this morning. But I think you would argue, rightfully so, that this is really a book that's perfect for the uh, for any time of the year, right?
1: Yeah, definitely definitely wanted to come out for LL because people are more interested in working on themselves. But, you know, it wasn't even advertised as like an LL or Rosh Hashanah safer because really it's a safer that, to could be learned the whole year. You know, Baruch Hashem, my Hebrew Safer is already in its fifth printing. And wow. It's become a very well-learned Safer um, that's learned throughout the year. So we're hoping the English Safer um, makes it more accessible to a larger audience.
0: Is the English a direct translation, or it's a little bit different?
1: It's pretty much direct, but we added, we added some things. Because the Hebrew Safer, for example, we talk about how a husband treats a wife. But, like a classic Muslim safer, it's not usually written for women. Right. Although many women actually learn the safer. Right. I know in seminaries they're learning the safer. But in the English safer, we really made it equal for men and women. We speak about a woman should treat her husband more directly. And, and we added a few pieces um, that were not in the original safer. But otherwise, it's the the, co- the core concepts are pretty much the same.
0: Well, I love how you're able to incorporate, you know, centuries old concepts. Into real modern day thinking, I think that was the smartest thing you did uh, with so many of the examples and so many of the uh, of the um, uh, uh, nuances that you include. It's obvious that it's done for these days, and I think that's really important and a great move. Uh, Rabbi Kestenbaum, like I said to you, if we get to Waterbury or Teaneck, wherever we are next, uh, you're invited to be to be on live and in person. And I take this opportunity to wish you a gemarshimatova, and I know that this book is going to help a lot of people this time of year and all year round.
1: I mean, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for everything you're doing.
0: I appreciate that very much, and our best to our friends at Art Scroll, and, um, and our best to your entire family. Olam Hamidos, a guide to understanding ourselves and refining our character. i Moshe Don Kesterman. We did not have the opportunity, sadly, to have him live in our, in our studio this morning, but hopefully we will have a chance to do that in the future. But it was great speaking with him live via telephone on this, a Thursday, at America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world in the web and MalcolmSingle.com and the MalcolmSingle Network and of course on the beloved NSN app. Mm-hmm.